Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast, Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Another episode, episode 139 of the Pod Mania podcast. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I am joined by the Ayatollah of Garth and Roller. It is Garth Jackson. Garth, how are you, buddy? Good, good, good. Looking forward to some tunes tonight. See how I linked it all in? See how I linked it all in? The whole Ayatollah, yeah. I know you liked it. Unfortunately, we don't have... (laughs) We don't have Chris tonight, and I do sort of miss him, Garth. I do sort of miss him, you know, is, you know, is just his youthful energy and stuff on a hot day or something. He, yeah, he's told us that he's at some manner of music conference and that just screams bullshit. It screams Tinder date for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into the topic of today's list, because, you know, it's another list podcast, Garth, and it's a little bit of a different format to how we usually do things. Before we get into this, speaking of our dear friend Chris, on the last episode of the Young Lioncast, he let slip to me that the most rock and roll thing he'd ever done was headline A Village Fate. Um, <laughs> what's the most rock and roll thing you've ever done, Garth? Um, I mean, music-wise, probably played at the Sage in Gateshead. Um, See, that is a legitimately cool thing to say. Or like the festivals and stuff we do, but outside of it, um, I don't know, just getting drunk and doing stupid shit. <laughs> Smashing people's wardrobes by accident. <laughs> How's that even happen? I, felt, uh, I was at my friend's house and I was extremely drunk. I drank like almost a full bottle of rum and... Just before smashing up his wardrobe, I'd tripped and spilt a full glass of rum and coke all over his nice electric standing keyboard. Oh. And then I fell backwards into his <laughs> fitted mirror wardrobe, smashed it. Um, yeah. It's a double and whammy of disappointment. And then apparently showed some kind of freakish... Uh, bout of strength to sort of pull myself out um, while completely and utterly inebriated and then I tried to do some break dancing downstairs so yeah <laughs> not satisfied with the fact that you'd smashed up a man's fitted wardrobe you were like I'm going to break more shit by break dancing downstairs oh, yeah. drunk I had to pay him some, some money for the fucking stuff <laughs> I'm not going to lie sorry Rick mate. You are, yeah, shout out to the man who single-handedly destroyed their house. Um, you are, you might be the coolest man I've ever met. I'm not going to lie, Garth. Um, sp- <laughs> Speaking of rock and roll, we are looking at the top 
10 best entrance themes. Now, <laughs> we made a rod for our own back, really, by labeling this the top 10 best. So we're changing it slightly. It's not going to be the top 10 best because we <laughs> physically can't rank them in any order. And then we came up with a top 10 and we we were talking before the podcast and we realized that we've missed out an absolute fuckload. So, because <laughs> we're just that professional. So what we're going to do instead is we're just going to basically chat about our 10 favorites, um, which yep. sort of covers our own back. Now, Garth, you had a massive issue um, with the fact that I wanted to include certain <laughs> songs and you were like, absolutely not. You threw the big diva fit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> smashed up a wardrobe and we're like no we're just doing originals um why why are we not allowed to put songs used by wrestlers i think as an example edges metalingus outstanding song by the way all to it is a brilliant. totally amazing song and I, and all, all the ones that were mentioned i just thought it would be too easy to use those and it would be too uh i don't know yeah just too easy I agree. And I think there are. And those, well, to me, those songs always stand on their own merit as good songs, whereas the original wrestling tunes are sort of specifically catered for that person. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I think some of them, like, I am, I am a really big Alter Bridge fan anyway, so I like Metalingus as its yeah. own standalone song. It doesn't just scream edge for me, even though... You know, if we were doing a list of everything, you know, original songs, band songs for wrestlers, he would rank there. in the top three without mm-hmm. a shadow of a doubt because that dumb dun 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 and then the fireworks, Edge's hair, him humping the ground. It's just it's <laughs> it's all great. Same um, goes for like as well. I mean Cult of Personalities, fucking amazing song. See, that one's different because I only know that song through punk, that is forever. CM Punk. That that is right. just synonymous CM Punk. Now, something for example like Undertaker coming out to Limp Biscuit, <laughs> which was which is divisive. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I really liked. I really enjoyed it when he came out to Rolling. You know, it, it was just after I started watching wrestling. Um, like the sort of the second time. So I watched it. You know, late nineties. Had a break. Came back. Taker had gone all biker, and I was like, what the fuck happened to you? And he's coming out to Limp Biscuit, and Limp Biscuit are dancing at WrestleMania 19. He's grabbing his crotch, and he's sticking <laughs> fingers up, and it was like, this is... <laughs> yeah, he's such a penis. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, but that is synonymous with The Undertaker. I hear that song, and in my head, I've got Taker rolling down the entrance ramp on a motorbike. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And he could have rolled out to, you know, the My Little Pony theme on that motorbike, and it's still cool as balls. <laughs> he could have come out to classical Beethoven, and it would still have been amazing. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like the Batista song, the Saliva one. Yeah. Amazing That's... song. But that is Batista. Yeah, totally. And it works. It does, Absolutely. We've said about how we're doing original songs. Um, there are a couple that have snuck into this list, <laughs> and I'll sort of go through that in a minute. Um, but what we'll do is we'll sort of... It'll be like the olden days 
of the <laughs> five count, Garth. Do you remember those days? Do yes. you remember the five count? Um, many moons ago. <laughs> many moons ago, indeed, indeed. Um, rather than giving a definitive top ten, we'll just sort of take it in turns to give an opinion, give an entry, and we'll just sort of discuss it rather informally. Uh, are you up for that, Garth? Yeah, let's rock. Right, well, just because I'm just a bloody beautiful person, um, I'm going to let you go first. So which one are you going to go for first? I'm going to go with an old one from the first time of watching when I was a kid. So we're talking like late 80s. Yes, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I really, really, really tried not to say anything. I didn't want to, you know, we haven't got Chris on this podcast who's making us both feel old. <laughs> I really did try, but do continue. Um, I'm going to go with The Ultimate Warrior. Okay, interesting. Because it is instant. It is like the the... It's the song version of the Ultimate Warrior. It's like a caffeine pill on oh, God. speed. Ah, oh, sorry, my phone, bloody phone! <laughs> oh my God, my phone got really excited at the thought of Warrior. Sorry, so please carry Warrior on. calling from beyond the grave. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, who's running up the stairs? It's uh, no, I just fucking love it. And like, it, it, when I was a kid, she just gets so excited to hear that music and then watch him, like, absolutely belt it down the ring, and be absolutely knackered by the time he got round it. <laughs> um, then he could manage two moves, but it was so exciting. And and it's also very, very, very similar to a part of a song by Deep Purple, which, again, I grew up with because of my dad. So it it's like Highway Star. Uh, there's like a little musical interlude in the middle where the solo is. It's the exact same music. Yeah. Um, but just fucking, it's just energy. That song is just energy. So I, Ultimate Warriors for me, just just love it. And the production on it is absolutely shocking. Like even if you listen to like the CD version of it, like the when the the volumes, it, it's absolutely such low quality. It's unreal. I mean. It was such a basic entrance when you think about it, but that oh, chord yeah. just muted. It just, I mean, that moment where Honky Tonk Man is stood in the ring and he's calling out saying, no one's going to beat me, I am amazing. And then just that, dun, 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 and you, just the crowd erupts because they always, know Warrior's coming. The one, the one thing that always comes to my mind when I hear that song is when Warrior came back to save Hogan. I think it was against uh, Sid Vicious. WrestleMania 8, yeah. When he came back and he had to do that massive long run. Uh, <laughs> do you remember and that? I just, yeah. And I just remember hearing the music and like turning to my friend and going, oh, he's back! And it was just fucking like, so exciting. <laughs> oh my God, hell is frozen over, he's back. Yeah, it's totally amazing. <laughs> I mean, just as a pure spectacle, his entrance is up there. Absolutely. Um... And song's pretty, pretty short. It is pretty short, but it's something that can be easily looped, which is important for a man who runs 4,000 metres to the ring every time he gets <laughs> to the ring. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's as a showman, we've talked about it before, as a showman, you you find it very, very difficult to top someone as big and, you know, as, 
you know, an in inverted commas, 90s character as Ultimate Warrior <laughs> was. And just, you know, just that pounding of the ropes and the fireworks going off. And, you know, it was a spectacle and it was incredible. I mean, let's face it, I know you're a huge Warrior fan, but his entrance was the best thing about him. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was the longest. Well, he did have some long matches, but it was definitely... Once he, once the match started, it was kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's bang average. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The man had this incredible power, and his finishing move was to fall on you. Yeah. Mm, mm, <laughs> really? <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. As As entrances go... And as songs go, that is it's it is very, very iconic. However, I think I can trump that. Okay. And the way I'm gonna trump it is by I was gonna sing it and I'm not confident <laughs> that I can get it in the key now. <laughs> I'm really, really concerned that I'm not gonna be able to get it in the key. Right. Is okay. it Asman? It's not Asman. It is not do you know what? I'm not going to do it. It's not biscuits and gravy either, which is also somehow eluded this list, which I'm not very happy about. Um, no, it's the Shadow of a Setting Sun from Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, yeah. His first one, not the one he raps over, which... Oh, no, no. Which, I must admit, I don't hate. I um, like because of what it means for his character. Exactly, exactly. That first one, though, and... For his entire NXT run, and I say entire, it was what eighteen months, I think, if that. Um, isn't just the pomp and circumstance? He felt like royalty. First time that happened, man. Holy, like goosebumps, like proper goosebumps. I mean, you've got just everything goes black, and you've just got that violin playing, and just a little riff going on with the violin, and then you've got his Titan Tron just starting to come up and then suddenly just that and then the entire crowd singing along with it as Shinsuke you know just continues to look like a peacock spreading his arms and puffing his chest out and being all like I'm Michael Jackson it's absolutely incredible and then he gets into the ring and does that thing where he holds onto the rope and flings his arm (laughs) down he just he felt like a superstar. And that moment at TakeOver Dallas, where he debuted against Sami Zayn, that theme yeah. song, he walked in and the entire of the crowd is, you know, just chanting his name. And then from that moment on to pretty much the time yeah. he went to the main roster, that theme song was iconic. That theme song was incredible. And to have, you know, 6,000 people sing along to that theme song, it it must just send goosebumps oh, down yeah. your arms. Especially considering it's just music. There's no words, but the crowd are absolutely just going batch for it. That's obviously, he had to change it when he turned because they didn't want people cheering. But you can't stop it because it's such a catchy, iconic... Yeah, like it's like a heart-pounding song. It's such a good piece of music. It really is. It it gets your heart pumping. It gets the blood pumping around your body. You're ready. It's adrenaline filled. You're ready to go and punch a door or break a wardrobe. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of being a top star, being a champion is your entrance, how you carry yourself to the ring. I don't think 
there are many people that carry themselves like Shinsuke did in that early NXT period. Just it was like it was like a rock and roll god coming out. It was like a rock and roll star coming out. That's exactly and what it was. Yeah, you felt like just, you were seeing something I, special. Yeah, I like the whole thing about the, the thing about the song is it has a structure that sort of starts really high, then goes down into the sort of quiet part, and then just stops, and then does that and then it's up again and that's the bit where the goosebump comes in it's just class love it it's one of my favourite all time themes by far yeah it's the build isn't it It's it, you know something's coming you know it's coming and you just you see Shinsuke come out in the dark and then it's just yeah, like you say the I could do it in key get in <laughs> um, and then you know he's he's bursting out and when you've got that person doing it live with the violin on his on his yeah. main roster debut at Backlash, even that was incredible. And it's just a shame, really, that uh, he couldn't capitalize on that on the main roster. I mean, Bobby Roode's another great example of that. You know, having this incredible theme and carrying himself like a champion, and then he gets to the main roster and grows a porn star mustache, and that's pretty <laughs> much all he's all he's remembered for. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it is a shame, but yeah, Shinsuke's knack. Shik- Shinsuke Nakamura's theme takes takes some beating as as entrances go. It takes some beating. Definitely. Okay, so I'm gonna go for a one that is almost on the level of Shinsuke for entrance, and I'm gonna go Velveteen Dream. Oh, hit it! D R E A M. I fucking love it. Belvedere so dream. <laughs> Ow! Hit it. Oh, it's just so fucking good. It's mental, isn't it? Mental. It's another one that is just fucking perfect for that character as well. That 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 persona. Absolutely nailed it. It's impossible to not dance along with this, and mm-hmm. I remember when. The first were coming up with ideas for Patrick Clark, and someone reported that they were going to be doing a Prince ripoff. And then he, the vignette started, I think, the week after. And I just remember looking at it and going, "That is shit. <laughs> that will never get over in a million years." And then the takeover entrances happened, and yeah. everyone thought he was a star. I mean, coming out as Hulk Hogan as Rocky Balboa when he came out, you know, in that knockout match with Cassius Ono. You've got came him out the fucking Statue of Liberty. Coming out as the Statue <laughs> of Liberty and then just the man is incredible and his theme is so a part of that. And his theme is 80s porn music. Oh yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> I mean I, I went to Download Festival two years ago now, and I took my brother, and I was like, mate, there's no one on the festival bill before Blackstone Cherry and then Guns N' Roses. Let's let's go and watch something else. I didn't tell him we were going to watch NXT, but we <laughs> did. And um, <laughs> he, yeah, I remember standing him standing there and going, this is fucking stupid. And he stood there with his <laughs> arms folded the entire time, and he unfolded his arms twice. 
The first time was when Adam Cole came out, and Adam Cole was the North American champion at the time when he was taking on uh, Marcel Bartel from Imperium. And he came, and Adam Cole, you know, did the whole boom, and Adam Cole, baby, and even my brother got on board with that. He didn't say anything, but you could see he was like, okay, yeah, yeah. he's quite cool. <laughs> Loosen enough. And then <laughs> the Velveteen Dream came out, and if you're already fighting a losing battle, keeping someone at a wrestling thing, and then this Poundland Prince prances <laughs> onto stage, and just the theme lasted fucking ages as well, <laughs> and it was just D R E A M. Velveteen, D-R-E-A. And my brother came out. We went to watch Guns N' Roses. We went to watch Blackstone Cherry. He came out and he was sat in the car and I was driving. And I just heard him under his breath going, D-R-E-A-M. <laughs> D- We'd just seen Guns N' Roses perform Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City. And he was there just going, D-R-E-A. And he looked at me and went, I fucking hate you. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> but- it's just that ridiculously catchy. It really is. And but again, the whole the whole thing with an entrance is it's all very well having a really really cool theme. I mean, I spoke to you and Chris in the group and said one of my favourite themes in the WWE especially is um, Baron Corbin's. <laughs> um, and you're right, by the way, it was Jim Johnson. I thought it was CFOs. Um, it was one of Jim Johnson's last ones. Um, it's a good theme. It's a very, it is a good theme. It's got a nice rising chorus and it, it suits Baron Corbin. But Baron Corbin doesn't have the pomp and the circumstance and you know the the superstar power to make that into an excellent entrance. You know, like Shinsuke does, like you know the Velveteen Dream. The Velveteen Dream is a star, is an absolute star, and his entrance and everything he does and just the way he carries himself and the way he is 100% on board with his own gimmick <laughs> just makes this so much better. So much better. Definitely. Love it. What is your favourite one? What Of all the entrances you've seen him do, which one is the best one? Um, It's got to be the Hogan one. The Hollywood one. Really? Better than the Call yeah. Me Up Vince. Oh, that was good. Was, good <laughs> was that like the way he had the, them like sort of um, spray painted? He had the Rick Rude tights, yeah. yeah and he had his face good. and Alistair nah, Black's. I love the Hollywood book one because he even had like the weight belt and stuff. Yeah, he did go full on board with that, didn't he? And then like the, did... lightning up, the lightning up the side and stuff. <laughs> but then he had that feud with Hulk Hogan on Twitter as well, didn't he? Because Hulk Hogan was like, we could team up, brother. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the team dream was like, mm, no. I mean, you're still in no, quite a lot of hot water, Terry. Not going to lie. Um, <laughs> for me, just him coming out dressed as a Statue of Liberty. That was, it was the whole sort of set where he came out on that sort of, was he carried in? He was carried in, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And just the way he was sort of royally waving at the crowd and full on loving it, it was. That's what he needs. He needs like that macho man like level entrance. He does. He does. And I think he just that is more his character. I think that's more his character than his wrestling. To be perfectly yeah. honest, just I do like his wrestling. To be honest, I think he's very, very sort of old school. His move sets very sort of old school, but obviously he's 
a lot of the stuff he does is like a sort of wink and a nod to the old stuff. Yeah, like the elbow certain... drop and the DDT and stuff like that. The figure four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Velveteen Dream, what an inclusion. What a great inclusion. <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. I haven't seen him on NXT for a while, though, so fingers crossed he's all right. He'd be great at Survivor Series. Great. I just, I just Im- imagine a WrestleMania entrance for him. Oh. How big and it could be. <laughs> oh, it, it would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? It, and then, but then WWE would mess it up, and you get one like Sting, where you just got one man with like a drum. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H has got an army of fucking Terminators, and Sting's got that one man on a drum. Uh, yeah, completely shit. And I suppose, really, that sort of plays in nicely into who I was going to talk about next, and obviously that man is Triple H. The man is a yep. walking theme archive. <laughs> I mean, the, just his WrestleMania entrances alone are incredible. Stupid and self-indulgent to the point of comedy. <laughs> A massive corporate dick swing, yes, but still absolutely incredible. From his <laughs> King thing where he had Alexa Bliss and Charlotte and Sasha Banks as like these slaves and he was holding skulls and he had the skull mask and he was all decked in gold to his police um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for where they all went down with him um, at Wrestlemania 34 um, where he had the police motorbikes escorting him down to the one at Wrestlemania this year where they had the massive race on the screen he came out in that Mad Max buggy that was (laughs) it lasted at least an hour too long um, you got the Terminator ones, uh, the aforementioned Terminator ones from WrestleMania 31, and all this with one of the greatest Motorhead songs ever. <laughs> and this makes it onto the list because this was written for Triple H. This was Motorhead performing it, but it was written for Triple H. Yeah. So it gets onto the list because it is technically original. Technically. <laughs> um, but just that one chord, that dun, it's time to play the game. It just. It elicits that reaction from a crowd of, yes, Triple H is here. And we've experienced that because we were at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool and we thought the show had finished and then we heard that one chord, that one chord, and we lost our shit. We're like Pavlovian dogs. Like, (laughs) they, they, once they heard a bell, they started salivating. We hear that one motorhead chord. We are programmed to lose our shit. And It's, it's incredible. Incredible. It's the yeah, like you say, it's like the big opening chord, and then it sort of gives some time to let it sink in, and then it kicks in. Yeah, and it's just it's such an easy song. But if you if you ever listen to this song, and you're walking down the street, you <laughs> slow your pace down. <laughs> you take a big swig of water, and you sort of go, I could. I could spit the water out. <laughs> and I would be the coolest motherfucker in the world. Well, I could fit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, again, his entrances got progressively more and more and more exuberant. But they're just incredible. And for music alone, for such a simple... I mean, Motorhead are not the most diverse of <laughs> bands. They released 20-something albums of basically the same thing 
there was no musical journey there. There was no musical, there was no maturity, you know, maturing of a band. They knew what Motorhead were going to sound like, and they played 23 albums of Motorhead. And if you <laughs> like Motorhead, that's great Motorhead on those Motorhead albums. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I actually really like Motorhead, but... I do. So does Triple H. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. I mean, we should also mention here as well, King of Kings, what yeah. a song. Just a bow down to your, bow down to your king. <laughs> They're just incredible. And then you wanted to put, um, we, we've taken it off the list, but we can mention it here, his evolution theme. Lying in the sand. Look, I fucking love that song. <laughs> it, it, they are all amazing. It's almost like he's just got Lemmy on tap. Lemmy, I need a new theme. I've got a new faction, Lemmy. Lemmy, I've got a new faction. My my thinking is that that faction with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe never happened because there was no more decent Motorhead themes. We can't have a faction. We haven't got an entrance, guys. Sorry. Has anyone written songs that were really that weren't released? <laughs> yeah, are there any B sides we can use? Um, but no, it just this. The song, the first time I remember this song really, really, really hitting home, going back to, um, obviously, the game, is when Triple H returned from that quad, that either his quad injury or his calf injury, where he'd been out for like eight yeah. months. And he came back at Madison Square Garden in 2002. And he was a heel, don't forget. He was a heel at this point. He was a prick. And just, dumb time to play the game. And the entire of Madison yeah. Square Garden, it, gone erupted it's still to this day one of the biggest pops i've heard oh yeah definitely and that is saying something for a man who was a pretty detestable heel i mean he went on to win the royal rumble that year and was still well, just after his return sorry and it was still incredible still then <laughs> um but yeah triple h the game motorhead can't go wrong with some lemmy cannot go wrong with some lemmy rest in peace <laughs> Your next one, Garth. Um, I'm going to go for TNA one this time. Whoa, whoa, because... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> there are other great themes out there and other great wrestling out there. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> AJ Styles's TNA one. See, now, I unfortunately have never heard this. I've heard his New Japan one. I've heard his WWE one. I've never heard his TNA one. Get ready to fly. Really good. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, is WWE one is quite similar in one respect that it has like a sort of rapping sort of feel to it, but it has like a riff, um, and it's like sort of um, get ready to fly, and it's like and then keeps going. I am. I am. It's really good. Like, and it totally fit his sort of personality and especially when they did a they sort of did a remix of it when he came back and started using the um the hood where he would sort of like look under it and then flick it up yeah um and he would sort of stand there and the, the sort of fireworks would be coming down like Randy Orton's used to like the cascade and he would stand there and the, the song would kind of sort of start and then it would stop and then he would throw it up and it would kick in again it was just all part of the entrance and it was perfect um, but it's just one of the ones that always used to stick out. Um, and with him being such a massive part of TNA at the time and its biggest star, got to hear it quite a lot. Um, but just love it. Check it out. It's really good. I mean, we've reviewed TNA 
um, pay-per-views for the website, and I honestly can't remember it, and I know I've listened to it because he was on Destination X 2012 when he had that great mm. match with Christopher Daniels. And I honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed with myself because I, I know it's good, but I just genuinely cannot remember it at all. It's, it's, it's probably like the sound of it, the mix of it. TNA had this problem where sort of it was hit and miss whether or not it was loud enough. So you wouldn't always be able to hear it over the crowd or the, especially the commentators. They used to be like, like ear blisteringly loud, but it's worth checking out. There's, I mean, there's quite a lot of good old TNA ones. But that's definitely one of my favourites. Yeah, well, you've got, I know you've got at least one more in your arsenal that you're going to bring out <laughs> later on. Um, and for those listening to the podcast, you will be able to hear the themes in the background of us talking. So <laughs> it's going to sound like me going, I don't know what it sounds like. And it's playing in the background. So I'm going to sound like an behind absolute... you. <laughs> it's like an absolute fucking idiot. But there we are. Um, yeah, that is a really, really good one to, uh, to go and listen to. I'm looking forward to listening to it. I'm going to go, if we're going to different promotions then, um, I'm going to go for um, Kaze Ninare. Uh, Shin, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, bloody hell. Uh, Minoru Suzuki's theme, which is the best theme in the world, I think. And I think <laughs> it wins any discussion, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, it's absolutely incredible to see this man who is a sadistic bastard. He's a sadistic heel. That's what he does. He manipulates body parts. He beats you into oblivion and that's his thing yet he comes out to this theme <laughs> and he is godlike it's a deity like reception that he gets I listened to it before um, I've heard it before but I had to sort of have another listen it's just like this is Suzuki <laughs> it's just like a girl singing it and it's quite soft to begin with and then it kind of kicks in it turns into like a rock song I was like, it kind of goes against this sort of style, but uh, I, saw, I can kind of sort of imagine him. It absolutely goes against everything Suzuki stands for, but it's it's quite a nice insight into his life because the story goes that he um, really likes the artist who uh, wrote this song, and her name is Ayumi Nakamura. Um, I googled it before, so, you know, because I'm really professional. And basically, they this song was sort of commissioned as his theme and but watching him come out, you right, it's got that soft introduction and then you've got the build up din 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 and then the entire <laughs> arena is clapping. This is a moment where whether you know in a new Japan crowd if you're a Bullet Club fan, if you're an LIJ fan, a Chaos fan, Suzuki Gun fan, or if you're the one person that likes Toa Hanare, you clap along to this theme. You clap along, Suzuki comes out with this towel on his head and Again, he just walks to the ring like, almost like Taz. Just doesn't give a shit, just walking. Gets mm-hmm. to the ring, begins clapping, and then just, when the song screams, Kaze ni nare, you have got 4,000 people who belt out those three words. <laughs> belt it out. And I'm, I'm not joking, just go and watch. I mean, even from, they've just done a show in San Jose, which was effectively a New Japan house show. And the the attendance was about 2,000 people. Holy shit, the reaction was like a crowd of 20,000. 
just the level of noise as Suzuki's theme hits and that absolute deafening Kaze Ninare at the end. Oh, it's just incredible. And it is, unfortunately, despite Suzuki being a great wrestler and one of my favourites, it's probably the thing he's most known for at the moment. <laughs> which is uh, which is quite sad. But And his Instagram. Well, I mean, he'll be on the Wrestle Kingdom card, obviously. Um, there are rumours that he could be facing Shingo in a singles match, which is just going to be a hossy, beefy slap fest, which is, you know, my kind of shit. But <laughs> just watch, because he'll come down with his theme. Even if he's in a multi-man tag, it'll be his theme. And just listen to 40,000 people in the Tokyo Dome just yelling, Kaze ni nare. It's just, it's <laughs> such a cathartic moment to hear all these wrestling fans unite for those three words. Do I know what those three words mean? Doables. But it's still incredible. I mean, you've They're watched the... you've watched Wrestle Kingdoms before. Yeah. So you watch you watched Wrestle Kingdom twelve, and we reviewed it, and we watched mm-hmm. Goto and Suzuki put on that really really good match, and we mentioned how good the theme was because that was mm-hmm. pretty much I think the, bo- yeah, yeah. the first time both of us had heard it. Um, it's, it's... Good when that happens with the crowd, though, where everyone's into it. It's not just like a pocket full of people; it's the whole lot. Yeah, just it makes it immediately makes the match feel bigger because it means everybody's invested from that point. It's it's almost like in NXT terms, it's it's that Pavlovian response we spoke to with the game. You know, Adam Cole, mm-hmm. uh, he. He says, Adam Cole, you say baby. You don't care if you like him. You don't care if you know who he is. Okay, you might have just wandered in off the street. You say baby. It's it's just a thing. Same as this. You might not know Suzuki. You might not like his style. You might not appreciate his wrestling. You might think he's overrated. I mean, you're wrong. But you might think that. You still yell those three words at the top of your lungs. And there will be a day, Chris, at Garth, sorry, when me, you and Chris is what I was going to say. When me, you and Chris go to a New Japan show and we (laughs) sing those words. I promise you. And you are going to belt them out as loudly as I do. Otherwise, I'm going to kick you on the shin. I will. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Minoru Suzuki, great theme. Kaze Ninare. Next up, I'm going to go old school again. And this time it is... Mr. Perfect. <laughs> is this just because of the chewing gum? It's part of it. I just think it's so grandiose. It's not... what Because at the time it was totally the opposite of all the sort of middle of the road 80s rock sort of stuff. Warrior, for example. Uh, exactly, yeah. Um <laughs> His was like sort of, it felt important and like sort of regal, like like grandier, like I like it felt important. And he would come out, and it wasn't that he came out like especially sort of like sort of praising himself up and stuff. He would just come out, walk down, jump over the top rope, hit the chewing gum away, throw the towel behind his back and catch it again, and then that was it. But it just felt. I don't know. It was just such a good tune. And it is, a, it is like a really nice piece of music as well. It is. It is a nice piece of music. I will I will give you that. As From a composer point of view, yes, it is very good. <laughs> I mean, 
again, it was so different because you you had you were surrounded by you know your steroid induced angry meathead that sort of music. I mean, you know, look at Hulk Hogan's, who, which hasn't made the list oh. somehow. Um, <laughs> I am a real mayor, but you had those sort of you know fight for the right those those uplifting songs and this was so different you know and it was really cool i mean this was a long time before my time sorry Garth. um (laughs) but it did fit his character perfectly it was sort of the precursor to hunter hurst helmsley because he had like a similar ish tune and he came out in the similar sort of vein sort of i'm better than you sort of thing but Perfects was like so much better. It was, it was, um, it was, it was so different, and the simplicity of what he did. The you know, whereas Warrior was very showman, Perfect was a very very calm and collected. Mm-hmm. Look how fucking cool I am. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> look at the shit I can do. Yeah, and it was. Um... It wasn't. It wasn't one of those songs when it came on. Everyone just like an immediate pop. It was everyone just saying, "Ah, oh, like he's here," sort of thing. But it wasn't like a sort of massive cheat. Well, mostly because he was he was a heel for most of his run anyway. But it was just perfect, yeah, and it, it just fit. And it, like I say, it was because it was so different. I think that's why I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot more to add to that one, uh, no, no. Garth. Just because it's, you've said it. Yeah, it's like it's not like a sort of flashbang, high octane song. That's the thing. There's not a lot to say about it, but it is just a nice song. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is it is a good song, and the theme is great. The entrance is great. Mister Perfect was great. I miss Mister Perfect. <laughs> Me too. I mentioned my next one earlier, and it's one that we both said straight away should be on this list. It's the Undisputed Era Shock the System. Oh, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> oh, I love that fucking song. Um, yeah. I was stuck in traffic recently, and I was talking to you about this before we came on air. And I was stuck, I was stuck in quite slow moving traffic, which is extremely frustrating. The best way to get over frustrating road traffic, though, is to play Shock the System very, very loudly <laughs> and pretend you're Adam Cole. Because people soon move when you are randomly putting your hands up in the air and seemingly screaming at them. It's it's very, very therapeutic. I mean, it's a complete NWO rip-off, the song. Um, oh, yeah. Doesn't stop it being ridiculously catchy. And made just so much better by Kyle O'Reilly air-guitaring <laughs> the belt on the way down to the ring. It's just one of those songs that the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's a keeper. <laughs> it, there's just... There's two very different parts of the song and they fit together so well. You've got that first bit, that... And that's just quite... That funky, like... You've, you've got to, like, almost move your head to it. It's impossible yeah. not to. And then just that chorus, and just that bit. And you're just like, yes, this is amazing. And then it just ends with that boom. And, yeah, oh. that's that's the bit. Because you're waiting for that. And they're just standing there and then just times it perfectly and then just boom. It's just 
amazing. Yeah, forever. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I think the theme, ridiculous as it sounds, and as over as Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era are, that song has helped them. Oh, especially yeah. Adam Cole I mean the Adam Cole baby was over anyway but that boom that is echoed around every single NXT arena and will soon be echoed around a main roster arena when he enters the um, Survivor Series match that he's you know rumoured to be I in can't I can't wait for that he is. if he is I, just, I can't wait to hear that in like a big massive stadium it, it's going to be amazing it is going to be absolutely incredible and just that boom moment and I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier about um the download festival he was the person that got my brother to sort of go he's quite cool and that was the theme because everyone again united to go boom and baby two very very simple phrases i listened to um uh, jericho's podcast the other day and he's said it quite a lot of times Uh, and he was talking to um it was awesome kong and it was like about her like entrance music and stuff and he says like entrance is two-thirds of the character the person because that's where people will form their opinion straight away and he says and if you've got a strong piece of music as well that goes with it people will remember it more than they'll remember the person so like just that that song is that for me like the first time i saw those i didn't sort of remember their names all straight away like bobby fish and kind of but i remembered the tune and it was just kept going back to it and back to it. Just amazing. Wouldn't actually rewind the, the entrances to listen to it again. I've listened to it three times today. Yeah. And I really want to listen to it again. <laughs> and if a song is that good and it's that catchy, you know you're onto a winner, like you said. And we mentioned it at the start of the podcast. You know, going back to Baron Corbin's theme. Baron Corbin's got a great theme song, but do you remember anything else about it? No, he walks to the ring, that's it. These guys have got swagger. Adam Cole carries himself like a champion, and all of that put together with, you know, the crowd interaction and the fact that they are, everyone is so into this theme helps it no end, and it just gets it over completely. I mean, it's the exact same thing as the Bobby Roode Glorious. Mm-hmm. Which unfortunately it's... Vince saw as a money grabbing exercise. But it's just like you see, it's uh, and again, it's another one that doesn't have any words apart from boom. But it's perfect, and everybody knows it. As yeah, soon as that it. first, well, as soon as shock the system comes out, and it's again, just, that's perfect. Yeah, it could be any member. I mean, I remember um, NXT. It was it was one of the early takeovers this year. Think, no, it wasn't Phoenix because Roddy wasn't on that card. It was one of the cards where all three. There was the tag team of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Roddy was in a match, and Adam Cole was in a match. And the first theme was "Shock the System." It didn't give a shit which one of them it was. The crowd erupted, yeah, because they were just like, "This song is." absolutely class and it means the Undisputed Era are coming out and it, I think it was the tag team it was the tag team match with the War Raiders and was that the one where um, was that the night where Roddy turned no Roddy turned in 2018 I think didn't Roddy turn at uh, was it New Orleans no it was when they had the three way 
tag match, and it was the Undisputed Era against Bobby Fish and Pete. Uh, so against Roddy Strong and Pete Dunne and the Authors yeah. of Pain. Um, and I want to say it was WrestleMania. Sorry, WrestleMania weekend, NXT Takeover, New Orleans. Just talk for a minute, and I'm gonna find it because I'm also intrigued by that now. So I'm trying to think what that uh, what the first one where I saw this song. I can't remember what it was. It was the but one was after because he debuted at um, Brooklyn Three. Uh, um, it might have been that. I mean, I can't remember, but I just, again, it was like I say, it's another one of those ones where it's instant, just like Nakamura's. Like warriors, like just, there's an instant click, and it has a cat, like a catchy hook to it, and it's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm in on it. It was New Orleans. It so, was New Orleans where Roddy turned. Um, but yeah, what a theme! What a theme! Hmm. And genuinely, I am going to listen to it when we finish recording this podcast. Yeah. I don't care if my girlfriend's in bed. <laughs> I am going to do the boom. I am going to do the Adam Cole baby. And she is going to kick me out. But I don't care. <laughs> so, Goth, I think we've both got one left. Is that right? Yes. yes. Um, now, I'm sure the audience at home can argue amongst themselves as to whether we've left the best to last. But before you go into that, it is very, very clear that we have missed some absolutely ridiculously large ones out so just quickly what's his stone cold classics st- oh king of the Segway, goth loving it i think yeah we um we we've missed out quite a few like for example stone cold steve austin's theme which i watched wrestlemania 13 if you and that's when you've actually got the physical glass shattering on his entrance yeah. It's not that over, because obviously that people credit that match with the you know the making of Stone Cold, and it's quite unnerving to hear that glass shatter and there be you know a moderate reaction, but not yeah. the ear splitting reaction that you'd usually get. And then we get to ninety eight, ninety nine, and holy shit, that glass is probably more iconic than the actual song itself. Just that glass <laughs> shattering at the start. <laughs> How, like at that point, you can you hardly got to hear the song anyway. No, because as soon as that glass went, the crowd just like exactly, <sighs> exactly. In fact, to the point where he changed his theme very, very briefly to use the disturbed cover of it, and yeah. nobody gave a shit because it started the glass <laughs> shattering at the start, so nobody cares. That's that's one that I missed off because I just thought it's. Just it doesn't even need to be on here. It's so iconic. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of the ones like Hulk Hogan's, like another one like The Rock that we missed off. They sit on a different plateau. Even Undertaker's theme. Yeah, Undertaker's on there. I personally think Kane's is on there as well. Yeah, because it's not just the song; it's the stuff that goes with it. You know, Undertaker. Mm. You've got the slow walk to the ring. You've got the fire. You've got you know the creepy dolls. You've got you know all that mm. kind of bullshit. You've got the yeah. 4,000 hours it takes him to make his way to the ring. <laughs> and then Kane, you've got, you know, the fire and the pyro. He's got he's got the coolest pyro in wrestling. I don't care what you say. You know, you can tell me that Batista's machine gun is cool. No, 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 no. Does he make fire come out of the turnbuckles? I don't think so. Mm. Okay, so... There was one that 
I was torn with putting even putting on my list, and I was umming and ahhing. Um, it probably would have been hard to put on, but um, it was a uh, uh, just in Thunder Ligers. Um, do 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 uh-huh. do do because. He's had it since the 80s. It's never changed. And apart from when he went to NXT, they changed it slightly. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's just so good. It's like a video game, but I was, I was so tempted to put it on, but I didn't. <laughs> it is It is extremely catchy, even now. and Well, especially now, as this is effectively Liger's goodbye tour. And you think you've heard a reaction. You wait till January the 5th. And you hear Liger's theme for the last time as an active wrestler. Holy fuck, that crowd is going to absolutely then, erupt. When the match ends and he does his final bow. I genuinely might cry. <laughs> I genuinely might cry. But just that. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so happy. It's so like uplifting. And everyone starts clapping and you're dancing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's awesome. It is a great theme. I wish I'd thought of that one, to be honest. It is well, great. Gonna... It's like Naito's theme, though. Just do 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 do. They're just they're all so catchy. But yeah, Ligers is different level for that. Different level. Um, it do- it does make me quite sad that we've just spoken about all these iconic themes: Steve Austin's, Undertaker's, Kane's, Ligers, and now we're gonna go. I know what the last two we're talking about are. <laughs> these don't compare at all. I'm- that's the thing, it's like, it doesn't compare, and it's one that some people might never have even heard. <laughs> exactly. Again, before Garth goes into what his pick is, this is not a definitive top ten. This is not a, this is the order we've ranked them in. This is just us having a discussion about some themes we like. Okay, please don't come on to us and go, I can't believe that, you know... The game was below Kaze Nina Ray, or I can't believe Undisputed Era wasn't number one. Okay, that's that's by the by. We haven't put them in an order. To be honest, I've done it as things have segued into it. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. just yeah, pick them randomly. Yeah. So again, so, chill. I'm going to go back to the TNA vault because yes, I used to be a big TNA mark. Um, really? And yep, you might be. Shocked to hear that, people. But, uh, yeah. Um, but it's two of my favorites combined in an awesome tag team. They're one of the best tag teams ever. Is it Relic and uh, Black Rain? Oh, shit. <laughs> what about them? <laughs> no, it is uh, Beer Money. <laughs> it's your money. I love how into it you are. It's amazing. <laughs> I fucking love that song. It's so good. It was so good. Perfect for them too. Um, Bobby Roode and James Storm being money. Incredible. Um, Bobby Roode's had some good theme tunes actually all the way through. But this is my favourite. Um, it was the, the height of it all in TNA. It was when the crowds were, were big and they were into it every time. And when they used to do the whole where they would sort of hunker down and put their arms out and go beer. And then Bobby would go, money! And the crowd would go crazy. I love it. But the tune was class. It's like a sort of rocky cowboy type thing. But it's so good. 
you were listening to this before we came on air, weren't you? And you seem to be having a right nice time. A right happy little time. It was like sort of taking a step back in time. I just fucking love it. It's a great theme and all the lyrics fit into their personas at the time. They were started out as heels and then they became a fan favourites. And the fan favourites thing was totally, I think, against the booking. It was just the crowd got into it and it was definitely part of the song because as soon as you heard because it would open with like a beer can being opened like beer money and the crowd would just go crazy it's perfect love it <laughs> this was this was quite literally just a really really cool theme wasn't it? it you know there was you know we've talked about people like Shinsuke who make their way down to the ring like a rock star we've talked about mm. perfect and warrior and all these people this was quite literally just a really cool song <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> <walk> down. <laughs> now, I've heard a rumour that there was... Obviously, I unfortunately, I didn't watch TNA at the time that Beer Money were big. Um, I came... Well, the furthest I've gone back in the archives, with the exception of Slammiversary 2006, was to watch Destination X 2012. And I believe that Robert Roode, as he was then... Was he Robert Roode or was he Bobby Roode? Yeah. Um, he was the champion. So he'd split off from Beer Money at that point. But James Storm, and I think this is true, and I really hope it's true now that I'm saying it on a podcast, um, James Storm was originally supposed to go to WWE and have the theme that is now AJ Styles' theme. Really? Apparently that theme was written for James Storm, and when he didn't come and AJ Styles did, they rewrote bits of it and basically made it for AJ. Wow. So, a little bit of an interesting oh. nugget there. That wouldn't that, that wouldn't have worked for James Storm. No, I agree, and I, I assume bits of it were changed. Yeah. Um, Especially considering his theme in uh, TNA was um, long necks and rednecks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it does mention the word redneck. In it, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's a tenuous link, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. You're right. Bobby Roode's had some great themes. I just, I feel so sorry for him at the moment yeah. with his porn star well, moustache. This is just uh, the, the B money thing was just for me. Just it was like I say, height of TNA. It was when everything was going right for them, and Bobby Roode and James Storm were like top of the. Billing along with motorcycle machine guns and that theme tune was just amazing. <laughs> Am I right in saying that any theme that starts with a sound effect is the best? They are, yeah. They they do seem to have a more like immediate reaction. I mean, you've got the Stone Cold glass shattering. You've got yeah. the Road Warriors. What a rush! Yeah. and then you've got. You've got you got the Mick Foley's with like the car crash. You got the Mick Foley car crash, yeah, absolutely. Which again, another theme we didn't add on. And then you've got the beer money beer. Ca- I think that we've made a revelation that if you put a sound effect at the start of your theme song, you'll get over. <laughs> there you go, Shorty G. They've changed your name to put a sound effect at the start of your theme. Shorty G. Now, <laughs> number one um, for me. Okay, well, the last one. I should say, not number one. This isn't a definitive list. This isn't number one. So please <laughs> don't don't lampoon us, okay? Don't attack us. Is 
um, Biscuits and Gravy by Jesse and Festus. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. It's uh, the Trevor Murdoch theme. No, it's not that either. Um, It's the DX theme um, by the DX band or the Chris Warren band, whatever they were referred to as. And this theme, the Are You Ready? It was brilliant. It was the song of a generation. Of tell us what to do. Exactly. It was. It was the sign of the times changing in the WWF. Totally, totally. Even on the whole Rage the Machine thing, that was big at the time. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If the Undisputed Era song is a rip off of the NWO, then this is absolutely a rip off of Rage Against the Machine. To the point yeah. where, for years, I thought Rage Against the Machine did it. It well, to be fair, it does sound a lot like him, um, Zach De La Rock, But I, uh, I mean, this was what 97, 98? Yeah, you're looking at that sort of era. So this, this is when me and my mate were all banging the fucking Rage. So when this came out, it was like, shit, this, this shit's legit. <laughs> There's a great story of when they are playing live at WrestleMania 15, I believe, when um, <laughs> Sean comes out to face uh, Steve Austin. They're playing it live, and <laughs> they'd done the national anthem at the start, and apparently it was that bad that they were getting massive, massive, massive heat. And everyone thought Vince was going to go fucking ballistic because basically this bloke had butchered the national anthem, and Vince loved it. Apparently, <laughs> absolutely loved it. Yeah, they love it. You know, they good they, shit. Oh, it's the good shit. And yeah, it just it makes me laugh that story because that is so quintessentially Vince. <laughs> they hate it, therefore they must love it. Um, but yeah, this this is another one that gets just instantly stuck in your head. And then it's one of those where you play it on the video game and you get the overlay and you get the, yeah. you know, the people coming in and just Shawn Michaels and Triple H were cool. Well, they were cool in the nineties. I mean, you look back now and it wasn't cool. You look back now and Especially you think when that the, was cringy. But when they were com- they were coming out and then they had China follow them out and then in the early days they had um, Rick Rude follow them out with the briefcase. All of that stuff was just it was cool because it felt like a gang. They were like a legit gang that were going to come and kick somebody's ass. They were, and again, it was a catchy fucking song. The more you listen to it, and again, you're absolutely right, Garth, it was bang right in the middle of the Rage Against the Machine boom. You are, you listen to it, and, you know, just even when he's just screaming D-Generation X, you're just rocking out to this song. You've got the crowd game ballistic showing tits and stuff like that. It's a completely wacky time. And it was, it really was such a cool song and such, you know, even when it's played now, I mean, DX against Kane and Undertaker at Crown Jewel was an absolute cavalcade of shit. It, and that's being Boy. polite. The only thing that saved that match was the fact that we got to hear DX's theme again. <laughs> that that's literally the only redeeming feature. You had a bald Shawn Michaels yeah. who hadn't wrestled in ages, and you got Fat Kane and Fat Undertaker taking on Triple H and getting Triple H was the best worker in that match. That goes to show how shit it was. But you had the <laughs> DX theme, and yeah, I can't say enough good things about this theme. It's it was the soundtrack to a time when I started 
watching wrestling. And this was one of the things that I was like, I quite like this type of music and sort of moved me away yeah. from uh, Eiffel 65 and Blue Dabba D into, you know, <laughs> more, <laughs> more punk and stuff like that. Don't you laugh? We all love that song. I fucking detested that song. You did not. I was old enough to, though. No, no, see, you, you're old enough to say to everyone now that you did. If you say you did, you're just lying to yourself. That used to come on in a nightclub that I used to go to and it used to make us feel sick. It used to come on at a nightclub for you. It used to, it used to end school discos for me. <laughs> just think about that. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end this podcast, Carl, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> I school don't think we can top that. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Again, I am just going to quickly make a disclaimer. This is not a definitive list of our favorite themes. It's a discussion about some themes that we like. We've mentioned ones that we think are on a plateau above. It's just a conversation about some absolutely kick-ass themes. If you haven't listened to the themes, like, for example, I'm not really familiar with AJ Styles' TNA theme, as I said earlier, please go and check them out because we've we've mentioned them for a reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you for listening, guys. You can subscribe to us on any of the podcast platforms. Just simply type us in and we will appear. Um, you can check us out on Facebook at Podmania Podcast, at Twitter at Podmania. Um, our end of year awards are in the process of being compiled right now. You can have your say and you can vote. Um, the link is pinned to the top of our Twitter page. It's on our Facebook page. So please go and join. You can vote for it. You can vote as many times as you want. So if you're stuck on two, just vote twice and just do <laughs> two. Why not? We don't mind. So vote there. Um, if you're wondering about the schedule, every Monday we release a new episode of our Universe Mode, our WWE 2K19 Universe Mode. That drops every Monday at 7pm GMT. On a Wednesday we do, or me and Chris do, a New Japan podcast called The Young Lion Cast. That comes out every Wednesday at 10 o'clock p.m. GMT and then the Pod Media podcast obviously drops at 2 p.m. on a Saturday GMT. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Garth, where can they find you? At Gothamania. Fantastic. You can also follow Chris at Chris at No Goto, which is again a <laughs> great, great Twitter handle. Final thing to say before we leave you tonight or this morning or this after whenever you're listening to this to be perfectly honest um we are now garth award nominated yes i saw that we are Exciting an award shit. nominated podcast now everyone i know is nowhere near as excited about this as me but <laughs> we are nominated the wrestle hub are doing their wrestling podcast awards 2019 and we have been nominated in the best trios category which is very humbling, especially when you look at some of the other people that are in the podcast awards. People like OSW, um, people like um, Sam Roberts are also in these award categories. So that's really quite cool that we are being put in that. We're nothing like that, but it's really nice to be put in there. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to check it out, it's at the Wrestle Hub. Go and check it out. The loads and loads of great podcasts, loads of great categories. Just make sure in the trio you vote for us, please, 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 please. <laughs> please. That'd be great. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans... (laughs) 